Welcome back to Morning Trade Live. We've got another day and another bond sell-off. Treasuries under pressure yet again. The long-term bond funds down about a percent as we see the 10-year yield creeping back towards that year-to-date high of 4%. It's caused a lot of headache for investors. Let's talk with the bond fund manager about how to avoid some of the worst of the pain. Bryce Doty joins us, SVP and Senior Portfolio Manager at Sit Fixed Income, where he's the sub-advisor to the Vault ETF, V-A-L-T. Bryce, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. It's good to be back. Appreciate that. Okay, so far this year, investors have been watching Treasuries really caused major disruptions across markets. How are you guys handling that? And uh, do you see more of the same regime ahead? Well, it's been terrible for sure. And uh, you know, as you as you mentioned, the price chart on vault looks looks tough. Thankfully, in bonds, you get you get income to offset some of that price decline. So the the fund has been able to cover most of that uh, price loss with with income. But the longer duration treasuries and, and other funds that you had highlighted earlier are, are yeah, they're really, really bad. The aggregate index is down like 14% for the year. And the worst year ever 16. was more like three. So Yeah, it's rough. So Bryce, um, how does Vault um, uh, act as a potential alternative or solution to this? If somebody's got uh, a fund with a lot of bonds and they're in a, you know, just a treasury ETF or an aggregate, uh, like the ag, as you mentioned, we're down. Ag's down 15%. The long-term Treasury ETF is down 30%. Vault on the year only lower by 3%. As you mentioned, also with the income side too, that evens out more. So, is this just a replacement, or how does it fit in? Well, right now, I think it's one of the best places to be in stocks or bonds. I mean, the Fed is still raising rates, but most of most of the pain has been. Uh, has been felt already by bondholders. So we're getting close to the end, but we're not there yet. And Vault has, we're buying bonds with a 5% yield and a one and a half year uh, average duration in the portfolio. I, I just think that's a great trade-off right now. At the beginning of the year, you couldn't get inca- yield anywhere, right? No matter how much uh, interest rate risk you were exposed to. But right now, we have a portfolio with an average quality of A. So pretty high quality, basic, very straightforward, clean portfolio of of corporate bonds and um, and a few other sectors in there. They're all very high quality. So I, I think that's the place to be regardless. I mean, a 5% yield right now in a, in a very short, low interest rate risk kind of investment like that with that kind of quality is, is a great option. And, you know, at the end of the year, sure, stocks might look better, longer bonds might look better. And I understand the argument that you do not want to be out of the stock market the day the Fed says, hey, we're going to pause or slow. There'll be an immediate pop across the board. But until that happens, Vault is is just a great option. We have 20% of the portfolio in um, floating rate securities that are actually going to benefit that. if the Fed raises rates. So I, I just like how defensively positioned it is and how much yield we're getting. Everything on that pie chart we just looked at with FRN, the floating rate note. Uh, walk us through the math again on how that works. Give us a, a little education, if you don't mind, Bryce. When the Fed raises rates, how do these bonds make money? Right, so they they adjust quarterly. The coupon rate adjusts quarterly with um, SOFR, which is the the short-term floating rate um, benchmark. So when the Fed raises rates by three quarters of a percent, your the coupon ends up going up by the same amount about uh, two to three months later. So you have this automatic built-in increase in income 
uh, that's fantastic. You don't you don't have to uh, you know sell your bond and buy a new bond with a higher yield. Um, you you just automatically just with the passage of time you're getting additional income as the Fed raises rates. So since they have seen back and being afraid of the Fed, you're you're kind of hoping that they raise rates. It's a it's a completely different mindset, and that's that's why we like that the floating rate bonds. And then when you're finding the uh, corporate uh, uh, underlying for these uh, for the corporate bonds and uh, doing kind of the stock picking in the bond world, the specific mm -hmm. uh, issues that you want exposure to. Uh, how do you do that? What fits the bill? How do you make sure you don't step on any landmines uh, and uh, avoid companies that are going to have some structural risk as rates go higher? Yeah, it's very important to stick with investment grade bonds in here. We, we're not calling for a wave of defaults in that type of recession. You know, we're, we're kind of in a recessionary time for a lot of companies, you know, for the next couple, three quarters, the earnings and things are going to be really, really tough. Um, but it's different than having a lot of overcapacity and a bunch of uh, uh, companies have to go bankrupt in order to find a new equilibrium level with supply and demand. Here workers are just just need to become more plentiful and companies have to be able to hire more people and they'll instantly become more profitable. So we, we still are staying away from high yield in this fund. This is a, a peer investment grade fund. Um, and again, the average quality is A. Uh, but if there's not gonna be a lot of defaults and there's not gonna be a lot of people um, defaulting on credit and things like that, you can you can find some very uh, good high quality bank bonds. Um, there are there's a small percentage of portfolio in municipalities, which are really really safe, really stable. Uh, so there there are different ways to even enhance the quality beyond just having a, a generic investment grade portfolio. Um, but but that said, uh, we're not really afraid of of widespread defaults at all. But we just we can get five percent yield without really taking that much credit risk. So why not? Hey, Bryce, real quick, good to that point about uh, the default risk. Uh, I see some of the uh, banks and some of the top uh, holdings here, Citigroup, uh, a few others. Uh, but uh, just a couple of weeks ago, folks were really worried about what was happening in European banks, that we might have another type of uh, 08 repeat with what's going on there. Do you want to avoid European risk? How does that right now factor into the banking choices that you're making? Yeah, the, the issues with Credit Suisse, uh, uh, or you know, first Boston, whatever they want to call themselves now, is uh, is a problem. Uh, there, you want to probably uh, reduce exposure there. I don't think that their central banks and their regulatory uh, people, or certainly their federal governments, will allow a widespread banking debacle there. You know, everyone is on high alert to try and stabilize things as much as possible. So I don't wanna sound like the, you know, chicken little of the sky is falling, but I do agree that maybe maybe you wanna like uh, avoid that in the short term or at least reduce exposure there just until things kind of settle out uh, and see exactly what kind of supports are gonna be put in place by the central banks and, and federal governments there. Okay, uh, Bryce, appreciate the explanation here. Uh, fun doing its job very well on the year, so good update and helpful for us. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Bryce Doty and VALT is the ticker.